everyone. Welcome to a very special Halloween edition of Tis the Podcast. I'm Julia, one of the elves here at Tis the Podcast. Usually, we're devoted to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year with our weekly podcast where we discuss, rank, and review Christmas movies and television specials. But for Halloween, we've partnered with another Christmas Podcast Network podcast, Christmas Past, for a very special crossover. Anthony and I joined Brian Earl on Christmas Past for a lively discussion of A Christmas Carol, and we're journeying into the days of yesteryear in a discussion of Victorian Christmas ghost stories. So cuddle up, grab some cocoa, turn the lights down low, and enjoy. Everyone is familiar with Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. I'd be willing to bet that everyone listening to this right now has read this novella at least once in his or her life. Undoubtedly, you've seen more variations of the tale on the silver screen and television than you can count. An old, miserly curmudgeon who loves only money is visited by three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present, and Christmas future. Each ghost provides Scrooge a vision of Christmas to show him the real meaning of the season. In the end, Scrooge changes his ways embraces the season and exclaims, I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all the year. If anyone needs evidence of just how important this book is in present society, one who bemoans Christmas is often called Scrooge and Bah Humbug has become synonymous with anti-Christmas sentiment. While we are all familiar with this story, we may not be as familiar with how this story fits into the Victorian tradition of ghost stories. How odd that Dickens chose to write a ghost story for Christmas, right? Maybe not. There is a historical connection of Christmas and ghost stories, and while a Christmas carol survives par excellence for the Victorian genre, for the origin of humans telling ghost stories at Christmas time, you have to go back, way back, perhaps even farther back than Christmas itself. As the nights grew longer and darkness takes up a greater portion of the day, humans throughout history have come together during this time of year and often think of those who are no longer with us. Winter is associated with death and rebirth, and pagan cultures saw this as a tenuous time when the line between the living and the dead is thinned, giving the dead access to the living. If you've ever sat up alone on a cold, windy winter night, perhaps you've seen shadows outside of your window and wondered, was that a tree or was it something else? This is a shared human experience that we can all relate to. I just have to say that I've always been a huge fan of ghost stories and the horror genre more generally. That's Dr. Tara Avier. She studied literature, specializing in Victorian literature and late 19th century American literature. She's currently the administrator of the Oklahoma Center for Humanities. And Tara sat down with me to discuss historical Christmas ghost stories. You know, the Victorians and 19th century Americans loved ghost stories in general. Um, They loved reading them. They loved telling them and listening to them at parties and gatherings. And so, you know, I think... Looking back, that practice really was kind of a holdover from pre-Christian or pagan traditions kind of related to winter solstice and Yule festivals where the dead were thought to be closer to the living realm, so to speak, than any other time of year. So it just kind of made sense that Christmas would have been a great time to tell ghost stories. You know, it was a time when like your friends and family would get together, you would enjoy rum punch, it's dark, it's cold, all the leaves are off the trees, there's a roaring fire, just kind of made the perfect setting. So 
in turn, Christmas time kind of became the setting and plot point of many published ghost stories, you know, the most popular of which was Dickens' A Christmas Carol, as we all know. In fact, it really was around the 1840s, the same decade that Dickens' story was published, that you really saw an increase of interest in stories set during the Christmas season. And that kind of corresponded with the invention of the commercial Christmas industry and the Christmas card industry that we know today. And it became this big money-making business and newspaper publishers would publish a new exciting holiday ghost story each December in the papers. And those were always very popular issues um, during the year. So you kind of see the published stories and the oral tradition of telling ghost stories on Christmas Eve feeding into each other and kind of perpetuating that love of holiday ghost stories. It was during this time that Christmas popularity really began to recover, having overcome the original war on Christmas, so to speak, by Oliver Cromwell and the Puritans. Many of our Christmas traditions we hold so dear began to develop. Decorating Christmas trees, having a turkey dinner, Christmas cards, Christmas crackers for our British friends, caroling, more elaborate decorating of the home, gift giving on Christmas instead of New Year's. And writers like Wilkie Collins and Elizabeth Gaskell joined Dickens in bringing ghost stories into the Victorian home at Christmas. I think one of my favorite, and, and it's it's relatively well known, but it's The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. I think that was published in 1898, so it was a, a really late Victorian piece. And it's, it's more of a novella, actually, than a short story. But it's set on Christmas Eve, and it tells the story of a governess who experiences some pretty horrifying and mysterious things while she's charged with taking care of these two children. And I think the reason I like that story, I've probably read it about six times and I still don't think I've ever quite figured out if the governess is crazy or if she really is experiencing something supernatural. So it's, it's very much a gothic horror story. It's very psychological, but it still has those elements of, of the kind of haunted house and um, those things that we really love about Victorian ghost stories. As families gathered around the fire to tell scary stories on and at Christmas with the purpose of scaring the dickens out of each other and children, as Jerome K. Jerome said in Told After Supper in 1891, it always is Christmas Eve in a ghost story, and nothing satisfies us on Christmas Eve but to hear each other tell authentic anecdotes about specters. It is a genial, festive season, and we love to muse upon graves and dead bodies and murders and blood. Absolutely. And everyone is together and you're telling old stories and, you know, you're kind of thinking, you know, not not to be morbid, but ghost stories are often morbid. You're kind of thinking about death and the passing of the year. And um, yeah, so it, it does make sense. I think it's really important to mention that women were huge contributors to this genre. Um, so female authors like Charlotte Riddell and Margaret Oliphant, Vernon Lee, Edith Nesbitt, and there's many more, they were very popular during the time and very prolific ghost story and horror story writers during the Victorian period. And it kind of makes sense if you think about the fact that arguably the first horror novel in the English language was Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So women were kind of major influence influencers in creating the ghost story themes and, and tropes that we're so familiar with today. One that that kind of comes to mind is a story by Charlotte Riddell, who she's not 
you know, she definitely hasn't maintained the same fame as someone like Dickens, but she was a very prolific uh, ghost story writer in the Victorian period. And she has a story called A Christmas Game. And I think it's a really good example of an empowered female character because basically the narrator of the story is a man, but you slowly begin to realize where it's revealed that he's pretty incompetent um, compared to his sister who in fact ends up solving there's a, a mystery that I'm not going to give away but she's the one that ends up solving the, the Christmas mystery in the stories. Henry James writes about the phenomenon of Christmas ghost stories when he says the story had held us round the fire sufficiently breathless but except the obvious remark that it was gruesome as on Christmas Eve in an old house a strange tale should essentially be I remember no comment uttered till somebody happened to say that it was the only case he had met in which such a visitation had fallen on a child. The popularity of ghost stories at Christmas time has waned over the years, but we still see them today. The BBC ran a ghost story for Christmas, a Christmas Eve mainstay for 10 years recalling both classic and contemporary spooky tales for Christmas. The X-Files had an episode in season six titled How the Ghost Stole Christmas, and Doctor Who promote and Doctor Who produced a ghost story for Christmas as part of their online advent calendar in 2009. We can't forget the retellings of A Christmas Carol that have become so iconic, like Mickey's A Christmas Carol and Bill Murray Scrooged. The popular Christmas song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, sings... There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. The association of ghost stories with Christmas in America was never quite as strong as it was in England because of our Puritan background. There was pushback against that. So combining stories of ghosts and evil spirits with Christmas traditions just, you know, didn't sit well with a lot of religious people. And I think that's part of the reason that it kind of faded away, especially in the States. But I mean, also, we you had a huge influx of Irish and Scottish immigrants coming to the U.S. at the turn of the century. And they brought the tradition of Samhain with them, which is now what we know of as Halloween. And tradition took off and people really began to primarily associate Halloween with the scary and the supernatural. So, And I also think you can't underestimate the influence of the commercialization of the holidays. You know, if you're trying to market and sell holiday products, you need a distinct brand for each holiday. So Halloween kind of gets the eerie stuff and Christmas gets, you know, Santa Claus and present. And so I think that you know, having said that, like you mentioned previously, there there are some some holdovers from that, like the BBC show A Ghost Story for Christmas. Um, one of my favorite Christmas movies is Tim Burton's uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. So, you know, you you still see a little bit of that there. So we don't, you know, still sit around telling ghost stories by candlelight anymore at Christmas. But I think that we do still have a kind of cultural association with Christmas and scary stories. And a lot of that obviously goes back to Dickens, but it's, it's still there in its own way, just not as strongly as it was in the Victorian period. Many of us hold Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol dear to our hearts. It's a part of our upbringing, a part of our annual Christmas traditions. My friend and co-host Anthony Caruso shares with us what this story means to him. So I don't remember a Christmas in my life, which is a little bit shorter than Julia's and Tom's. Had again age dig in there. Without this story around the holiday season, 
I was introduced to it at a very young age via Mickey's Christmas Carol, which is still my favorite adaptation of the story. And then I saw more adaptations like The Flintstones, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol, and a lot of other cartoons that adapted it. And as soon as I became old enough to read the actual Charles Dickens text, I did. And I absolutely fell in love with it. There's just something beautiful about the story of a man who finds his humanity and a love for Christmas and and who realizes that the Christmas spirit means being kind to others year-round, peace on earth, and goodwill toward men. And I love the ghost aspect of the story, too, the scary aspect of the novella, because ghost stories used to be a huge part of Christmas tradition during the 1800s, and that's kind of disappeared in modern times. And I think there's something so cool and unique that it helps Charles Dickens' original story stand out all the more nowadays, besides just what an amazing text it is. But yeah, this is by far my favorite Christmas story, after THE Christmas story, and it wouldn't be Christmas without it every year. I have to experience the story every year in some form or another, whether that's via a movie, a TV show, or reading the original book, which I've done millions and millions of times. And of course, most importantly to me, and to Tis the Podcast and all of our listeners, it has the beautiful message of trying to honor Christmas in your heart and keep it alive all the year. And that's the message that the world can use at the moment. So yeah, I am extremely fond of this story. And one day when I have children, I can't wait to to experience the story again from a fresh pair of eyes and ears. Thanks for tuning in to this very special episode of Tis the Podcast. Please check out our other episodes. Visit our friends at the Christmas Past Podcast. We hope that this year you'll try a new Christmas ghost story, like A Strange Christmas Game by J.H. Riddle, Christmas Reunion by Sir Andrew Caldecott, or The Kid Bag by Algernon Blackwood, and experience a little taste of Christmas past.